In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, save me, he cries out. Our Lord had been on the mountain for quite a long time. He deliberately put the disciples in the boat and told them to go ahead of him. And he dismissed the crowds and went back home. Went up by the mountain on his own when it was evening. And meanwhile, offshore was the boat with the apostles getting tossed about in the waves. And how long does our Lord wait to go out to see them? The fourth watch of the night. Well, the first watch is from 6 to 9, and the second from 9 to midnight, and the third watch from midnight to 3 a.m. He waited until at least 3 a.m., between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., to finally go out and visit his apostles that had been on the stormy sea all night long. What should also catch our attention is that they were alarmed, not by the storm, as much as they were by seeing him. That really alarmed them. And all of this is preceded by the words of St. Paul and a visit back to uh, the first book of Kings in the Old Testament. Elijah was on a mountain all by himself praying. Elijah, remember, was the only prophet faithful to God. All the other prophets had abandoned the true religion. There were thousands of priests who were worshiping sacrifices to false gods. Elijah was forthright and challenging the king and denouncing the sins of the king, having to run for his life on occasion. Well, it's on that mountain where he's praying and he hears the storm and he knows that's not the voice of God. The wind, and that's not the voice of God. And the earthquake, and that's not God. And the fire, and that's not God. And then he heard the whisper of God's voice. God is recognized by those who pay attention to the details with patience and humility. We probably won't recognize the voice of God if we're in a big rush. Or if we expect it to overcome our inattentiveness, our lack of discipline, all the ways that we allow our senses to be satiated constantly. Elijah was of the true religion, as St. Paul will comment, from which come the law and true worship and divine promises and covenants and glory and the patriarchs, from which we have our Savior Jesus Christ. As will be summarized elsewhere, salvation comes from the Jews.
The story of the Old Testament, though, is one of constant effort in keeping at least some people faithful to the true religion. With so many falling away to worship false gods. Or just to fall into the idolatry of lust. And was on that mountain, Mount Carmel, overlooking Haifa, from which you can already see Lebanon. Elijah challenged the priests of Baal. Who is the true God? Your God or my God? And we'll set up a contest. We'll set up a bull on my altar. You set up a bull on your altar. And we'll see which sacrifice is accepted. Your sacrifice by your God or my sacrifice by my God. And Elijah won that contest. And then he put those false prophets, those false priests, to the sword and cut their heads off. Salvation came through the Jews. And yet St. Paul will remind us, now that our Savior has come and has given us the perfect law... Those old laws are of no avail. And so we know that only through Christ can there be peace. We've heard our Holy Father say so many times that we need peace. We need to pray for peace. Just a few hours ago, He asked all the parishes of the world to pray for Iraqi Christians this weekend for good reason. Because what happened to the bad priests on Mount Carmel is happening to Christian children in the northern regions of Iraq near a different mountain, Mount Sinjar, which none of us had ever heard of before a week ago. And as we think through it as Christians, along the way to the resolution to all of this evil, we will recognize that, well, violence can stop violence. The Holy Father didn't ask for the Cub Scouts to be sent to Iraq. He asked for the international community to go and stop the violence, which meant sending their military. And so it's tempting at times, I haven't printed the bumper sticker, to say, if you want peace, pray for victory, right? But that's not the ultimate solution. Peace can only come when people believe in Jesus Christ. Peace can only come to a human heart when it is reconciled to God. And the only way for a soul to be truly reconciled to God is to know that all the evil that they have done has been dealt with in justice and not just simply wiped away. The only way for a soul to be truly at peace before God is to recognize that their Savior died for their sins on the cross. The only way for there to be peace between people or between nations 
is for a Christian to finally say, I won't retaliate. I'm willing to forgive you. If you stop what you're doing, if you repent of what you're doing, if you apologize, if you try to make things right, I will forgive you. I will not inflict on you everything that you deserve because, in fact, Christ has already done that. It is the only hope for peace in the world. Bishop Gassis last week was forthright. His his homily, his wide-ranging homily telling us about his beloved people in the south of Sudan and the Nuba Mountains acknowledge that they are suffering under an Islamic dictatorship. And on this there should be no mistake. As much as St. Paul sets the Old Testament in its proper context in the light of the New Covenant... As glorious as the Old Covenant was, the New Covenant is so glorious that the Old Covenant shouldn't even be considered glorious anymore. Understand that. But what we're dealing with in an Islamic dictatorship is one of these false religions that spun off of Judaism and spun off of Christianity in the 6th century. And the only holy book inspired by the Holy Spirit of the last 2,000 years is the New Testament. Which means any other book that claims to be of God and claims to be inspired can't have been inspired by the Holy Spirit. Can't have come from God. And surely Bishop Cassis and all of his Muslim friends and even I with my own Muslim friends from college and elsewhere, know that there are people who are professing that religion who are striving to be good people. And one thing that they have in common is that they don't... they don't observe the Quran. Obviously, if you read only one book, read the Bible. Read it over and over again. Read it every year. Read the Gospels. If you haven't read the Gospels, read the Gospels by the time summer is over. But you should spend some time familiarizing yourself with the Quran. Read it enough so that you're familiar enough that you can tell a Muslim friend, because of your own personal knowledge, how is it that my holy book tells me that I'm supposed to love you and your holy book tells you that you're not allowed to be my friend? Why is that? How is it that your people find your origin in Ishmael, who was born of Abraham by a slave girl? But the covenant of Abraham was continued by the miraculous birth of Isaac by his wife. Tell me, why is that? We find Muslims converting to Christianity as soon as they have the freedom knowing that they can do so without repercussions. It's happened here at St. John's last year. It's going to happen here at St. John's again next year. Our witness to the world includes 
being able to rescue people from the darkness. Our Lord waited until after 3 a.m., the exact opposite of the hour of mercy, 3 p.m. We don't know if that's when the devil is most active, but it's certainly the darkest time of day. We know that we've been rescued from our darkness of sin and selfishness by the light of the gospel, by Christ himself. And we need to be able to proclaim that with joy, while at the same time rescuing people from from evil. It doesn't mean that we need to immerse ourselves in all the evil images and all the evil news and all the untruths that come from so many different places. But having witnessed Christ resurrected from the dead at the same time, we should be unafraid of everything. Knowing that Christ has already conquered every possible bad thing. And if we stay in the state of grace, if we stay close to the Blessed Virgin Mary, if we continue to learn from the light of the gospel and continue to be faithful to the church, nothing can harm us. At least nothing of any lasting value. And even in the midst of that, like St. Peter, our feet will slip. We'll feel like we're beginning to sink. There will be times when we get distracted from Christ and we worry about the world. And he'll still be there to save us. And so today is a day to pray. There are many Christians in Iraq who are observing a whole novena of fasting and prayer until Friday the Assumption to pray for their kinsmen, for their co-believers who are suffering and who are dying, who are starving, who are being enslaved. We do that not in a way that thinks that God is absent, has forgotten us, doesn't care about us. We do that while still celebrating the resurrection, that Christ has won. He will always conquer, and he will rescue every soul that turns to him with repentance and faith, which begins with us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.